0: Bienvenidos and welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kuznir, and Vanessa Bohm. Tonight's program features some of the very best in local music and the arts. We speak with Nancy Hernandez about the Oakland-Palestine Solidarity Mural. We'll also hear about the two upcoming shows not to be missed this week. That's the CD release of local band Bang Dada's newest album called Mucho Poco, taking place this Friday at the Independent in San Francisco and the third annual Son Jarocho Festival in San Francisco this Saturday at the Brava Theater. And Liliana Herrera tells us about her latest musical project called Late Night Taco Stand Music and how you the listener can get involved. All that and more with Un Sabor Latino. But first we begin with News Sin Fronteras with our very own Vilma V. Stay tuned.
1: This is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending August 12th. Colombia. Juan Manuel Santos was sworn in last Thursday for a second term as president of Colombia. The 62-year-old economist narrowly defeated conservative Oscar Iván Zualaga in a tight presidential race this past June in a campaign that was widely seen as a referendum on peace talks with the FARC. Santos stated, quote, I will employ all of my energies to fulfill this mandate for peace, end quote. Mexico, yesterday. Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto signed into law new rules reforming the operation of Mexico's state-owned oil company Petroleos Mexicanos, popularly known as Pemex. The reforms open up Pemex to production and profit-sharing contracts with both foreign and private companies by creating a new national oil commission. The new law dramatically ends 76 years of state control when former President Lázaro Cárdenas nationalized Mexican oil fields back in 19. Many Mexicans remain wary of the change, but were told that the reforms would lead to a reduction in the price of oil and gas. President Nieto stated, quote, "With this reform, we can extract oil from deep waters and take better advantage of our vast deposits of shale gas to generate electricity at lower prices." End quote. Estados Unidos. In an alarming move, a federal court in Miami has adopted a quote, rocket docket to handle the large numbers of cases involving minors crossing into the U.S. Rocket dockets are special subcourts set up to fast track cases and assign judges to exclusively handle them. They have been previously used to deal with the explosion of foreclosure cases and are now being used to rush through as many as 150 youth a day through the immigration courts. Many Many without lawyers or a meaningful due process. Immigrant rights groups have been lobbying Congress to abandon the rocket docket approach, saying due process could not occur under expedited time restraints. Howard Simon, executive director of Florida's ACLU, stated, "Kids are going through removal hearings without lawyers in many parts of the country. This is contrary to our laws, contrary to our Constitution, and contrary to our moral values." End quote. Cheryl Little, executive director of Americans for Immigrant Justice, stated, quote, If children don't have attorneys, there's a good chance they will be deported. I'm very disappointed that President Obama would do this. He was a constitutional professor, for God's sake, and he knows what due process is. End quote. America Latina. In response to Israel's ground invasion of the Gaza Strip, Many Latin American leaders took a public stand against Israel's actions. In a joint statement made at an international meeting of the Mercosur trade bloc in Caracas, Venezuela, in late July, the governments of Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and Venezuela proclaimed they, quote, energetically condemned the disproportionate use of force by the Israeli army in the Gaza Strip, which in the majority affects civilians, including children and women, end quote. Also in July, the governments of El Salvador, Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, and Peru all recalled their ambassadors back home from Israel. Bolivia's President Evo Morales labeled Israel a, quote, terrorist state and stated, quote, Israel doesn't guarantee the principles of respect for life and the basic right to live in harmony and peace in the international community, end quote. Argentina. Finally, in some good news, Estela de Carlota, the longtime leader of Abuelas de Plaza Mayo, was reunited with her kidnapped grandson, Ignacio Hubert, after 35 years of searching for him in the aftermath of Argentina's, quote, dirty war, which lasted from 1976 to To 1983, and resulted in the murders of over 30,000 people. Miss Carlotta stated, I want to thank everyone, to thank God, I wouldn't like to have died without hugging him. More than 500 children were kidnapped from missing political prisoners during the Dirty War, and over 100 people have been recovered since the first missing child was located back in
2: 1984.
1: This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Rosa Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to share, email us at LaRossa Chronicles at KPFA.org.
2: Desde temprano todo se vuelve fiesta cuando ella juega junto a otros pájaros, junto a los pájaros que aman la vida y la construyen con los trabajos. Arde la leña, harina y barro, lo cotidiano se vuelve mágico. Se vuelve mágico. Oh, oh, oh.
1: soñamos you're
2: listening to la Raza chronicles
3: crónicas de la raza On the line we have Nancy Hernandez. She is an activist, artist, culture worker who has been working on solidarity issues all over the world and has been actively working to show solidarity for, for folks in Palestine right now. So thank you so much for joining us, Nancy. Thank you Julieta. and it's
4: nice to be able to talk to everybody on KPFA. How are you doing?
3: First off, there's a really exciting event that just happened from Gaza to Oakland which involved many 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 artists of all kinds. There were dancers there, there are all kinds of graphic artists and muralists, but also that were really drawn together to try to do something to show the world that really the world is watching and that the world stands with the Palestinian people in this time of such violence. So Nancy, tell us a little bit about what just happened on Sunday.
4: So we unveiled a mural that was painted in Oakland over the past three weeks. The mural is almost 200 feet long and over 20 feet tall and was a collaborative effort between FASNA, which is Friends of Sibyl North America, Art Forces, and the Estria Foundation. We have support from the Middle East Children's Alliance, And the amazing team of artists that came together put up a huge mural, which is representing their visions of solidarity from the Bay Area to Palestine.
3: And so where is this mural exactly? Because it's going to be standing tall for quite a while, and people can see all these different images.
4: We would love to invite everybody to come and check it out. The mural is in Oakland on 26th Street in between Telegraph and Broadway, right across the street from the Uptown Auto Body Shop.
3: So something that's really special about this mural is it really draws a lot of the links and connections between all colonized people and people who've experienced attempted genocide. So can you talk to us about some of the images that people will see on this huge, huge, huge wall?
4: For this mural, we took the theme of trees and we asked each artist coming from a very different background, a different culture, a different community, a different ethnicity, to paint a tree as part of a series of trees that are all growing together on the wall, each representing the visions that that the individual artist has of their own struggle for liberation, their culture, struggle for freedom, and how that relates to what's happening currently in Palestine.
3: So, Nancy, I know that people are going to want to check it out, so you've invited people to it. Remind people where it is again?
4: It's on 26th Street between Telegraph and Broadway in Oakland, California. As a group of artists, some of us have traveled to Palestine, some of us have been to Gaza, and so it hit us very hard as the bombings that have been happening recently occurred because all of us have friends over there who are posting pictures of their homes being destroyed, posting pictures of children and of relatives that have been killed in this massacre. And so we felt it very necessary in our lives to do something collectively that's bigger than all of us. And so this mural is kind of our offering to the world as a message of solidarity, that we need to act on what's happening in Israel and Palestine right now, and that um, we directly are responsible here in the U.S. because of the amount of money that our government is contributing towards this genocide that's currently happening, and the occupation that's been going on for years. So we painted this mural as a way to put our messages onto a wall visually, but we are also asking for people to take direct action there is an event happening in the bay area coming up this weekend saturday august 16th is an event called block the boat and the israeli apartheid it's going to be at the west oakland port and there's going to be a boat arriving from israel which we are going to unwelcome to the bay area and that is part of a call a larger call out for people to divest individually from products that come from Israel, and also for us to collectively call for our government to cease sending military aid to Israel as they use it to enforce an occupation upon the people of Palestine.
3: So if we have people that are listening that are either educators or people who are just moved and want to do anything they can, so what do you recommend are the next steps people can take?
4: I would definitely say that if people want to stand in solidarity with Palestine and take action against the apartheid that is going on right now on behalf of Israel, that we can, in the Bay Area, stand up at the port of Oakland Saturday, August 16th at 5 a.m., and stop the boat from being welcomed into our port. People can also actively take, take their voice up and speak to their local representatives about the funding that we are currently giving towards military aid. And also, there's a huge call-out that's been going on for years called BDS. You can look up Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. And what that is is a movement to really end our economic ties with Israel, similarly to the movement that was organized to end apartheid in South Africa. It is an economic campaign, and so people are asked to stop spending money with companies that are in support of the occupation. And so if anybody's interested in downloading an app for their phone that can help them to decide which products are part of the occupation and which corporations are benefiting from the occupation, there's an app you can download onto your phone that's called Bicot. And by downloading the boycott app, you can program in that you want to buy things that are not in support of either GMOs or war or occupation. And so I really encourage people to use their dollar as their ballot. And vote against systems of oppression.
3: That's the voice of Nancy Peely. She is an artist and advocate who has been working on issues of social justice for many, many years. So, Nancy, thank you so much for giving us this update. I know that there are people who want to show solidarity and work and use art to make change, art as a weapon to push for a more just world. How do people link up to the work that the Estuary Foundation and other artists, activists in the Bay?
4: Um, Well, I would definitely say if people want to learn more about the mural project, they can go to artforces.org or estria.org or fosna.org. All those places are are places that we're putting up information about the mural project, as well as on Facebook um, and on Instagram. So if you want to follow either artforces.org, or estria org on those surfaces, you can find ways to see pictures of the mural, get involved and um, and share the story with your friends and family. We feel like uh, the media is overwhelmingly in support of Israel on this issue, and as a person who's personally has been to Palestine twice um, for delegations, i I see a different vision of the reality than, than I see on the corporate media and so I really feel like everybody needs to look outside of mainstream media to really get a good view of what's happening and to really get a good idea of what's happening and so I would encourage people to look outside of the mainstream media to get the reality of what's taking place.
3: And KPFA will be doing a live broadcast from the Block the Boat action this Saturday at the Oakland Port so people who can attend that are far away or not able to attend and they can listen in and hear where we will speak to people who are going to be do- making calls and talking to people actually in Palestine. There will be talks with people who are on the ground, who are connected and working on this issue through different avenues.
4: On both of our delegations to Palestine, I witnessed an amazing love of the children of Palestine. Like, there's over 50% of the population of Gaza is under 18. There's a ton of young people there, and people love their children just like anywhere that you travel to, anywhere in the world. People love their kids. And so, it was, it's been really heart-wrenching to see people sharing photos um, and articles about the massacres of affecting so many young people, killing of over 2,000 people, and those things being justified in the media and blamed upon the people who are being killed is ridiculous. So I think that because of social media, we've been able to bear witness really to what's happening. You know, Anne Frank was stuck inside of a, an attic, and we didn't hear her story till years later. But there's young people out there with Twitter accounts, and they're posting as it's happening what's happening. And so it's really crazy to be able to follow along kind of play by play as people are, are seeing their homes and their families demolished. We definitely have been in direct communication with Dr. Mona of the Middle East Children's Alliance and reading some of her accounts of her losing her. Own family and 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 trying to help other people who are losing their children and their family has been really, really, really hard. And I feel like all of us have the sense and desire to want to do something because we can see how every day we go to work and the U.S. is taking tax dollars out of our bank accounts to fund things like this. Like we feel a need and a necessity to do something to help. And so if anybody's interested in helping, I would definitely say that contacting the Middle East Children's Alliance over their website is a wonderful way to donate directly into the communities that, are, that have been affected by the bombings and help rebuild.
3: So Nancy, you were in Palestine actually on a delegation that worked with community members to paint murals with community to depict some of the issues that they face and they saw so tell us you've been connecting with folks you've been talking to folks that you worked with on the ground what are they saying what do you what are you seeing in your through social media?
4: Well I was able to travel with the Interfaith Peace Builders third world delegation. And I was also able to travel to Palestine with the Maya Mural Brigade. And so with that one in 2011, we were able to paint uh, murals at the sites of water filtration systems that were in either at u.n. schools or different schools throughout gaza and so we've made a lot of friends while we were working on that we had tons of community volunteers help us to paint we met teachers and and students and and tons of awesome people and so you know through facebook we've been able to maintain relationships with them and every day it's been really crazy to wake up and see the pictures that they're posting of the schools that we've worked at that no longer exist or or were bombed or the the communities that we painted in that have completely been destroyed, that are evacuated in in rubble. And so it's really heart-wrenching to think of all of the young people who helped to contribute to the mural projects and people that we met firsthand, all the beautiful faces of young kids, and then see all of the pictures of, you know, dead bodies and of, of complete massacres.
2: Somalia, México, República Dominica, Tanzania Fuera Yankee de América Latina, Franceses, Ingléses y Holandeses Yo te quiero, Libre, Palestina
1: Atene, Atene, Atene el Maico
5: having us tonight. It's been a pleasure to be with you at the 27th Encuentro del Canto Popular.
0: Welcome back to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm your host, Vanessa Bohm, and you were just hearing the voice of Liliana Herrera, local singer and musician whose musical talents have graced us here in the Bay Area for quite some time. You may have also heard her brother, Francisco Herrera, who we've featured on La Raza Chronicles many times. She joins us on the line right now to tell us about her latest musical project, Late Night Taco Stand Music, and how you can get involved and support it. Thank you, Liliana, for joining us this evening.
5: Thank you for having me this evening. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about this project you're working on.
5: Well, this project, which is entitled Late Night Taco Stand Music, is kind of a little anthology As I mentioned in the little video there on my Kickstarter page, just a tribute to the culture and the music that has been a part of my life, just uh, like the blood in my veins throughout my childhood and throughout my entire life growing up on the border. Uh, in Calexico and then San Diego, kind of in both places, and then transplanted here in the Bay Area. It's just been really great to have the variety of music and culture and cultures, uh, rather, that have influenced me throughout my life in music and my work in social justice and have brought me to the point where I am now in creating my first studio album. I've collaborated with other folks and recorded with other really great artists, but this time I'm going into the studio and just doing this little new, fresh project of love, produced by Greg Landau and headlining this wonderful band, Los Chilaquiles. (laughs) It's kind of a play on words, you know, it's kind of like all the beautiful things that are part of our cultures as Latinos, as Chicanos, Mexican-Americans. We kind of incorporate, of course, the culture of the U.S. and Mexico and Latin America. So I'm kind of infusing a little bit of everything that has touched my life in this record.
0: So like many other artists, you are starting a Kickstarter campaign to really get Mm -hmm. this project off the ground. How can our listeners get involved with this project? That's a great question and in fact that's the way I've been seeing it as being involved, being invested in, you know,
5: local musician, local arts, investing in the arts that we're trying to keep alive, right? That's not necessarily just guided by the mainstream or by big record label rather, but our little Kickstarter launched a couple of weeks ago and if you go to Kickstarter and type in my name Liliana Herrera L I L I A N A H E R R E R A and that's a for everybody who can't roll their Rs, you can find me on SoundCloud, and mm, the name there is Lil Tunes. L I L. T-U-N-E-S and my website the same name liltunes.com that will take you also to my Facebook page my band page and there's going to be a lot of information available updates on the happenings and events and of course when we launch the album and start throwing those taco stand parties I'm raising funds to cover the basic cost of production of this new album but on my Kickstarter I'm very excited that we reached our halfway mark that's very exciting last night. I know, I know, because this is a real grassroots effort, of course. And so I'm you know profoundly grateful to friends and even a few people there are new friends now <laughs> that have contributed and really invested in the arts and keeping the arts and local community art alive which i feel is so vital these times
0: well i know the album is going to be a success once you get this project up and running and going and our listeners have heard your music over the years and it's absolutely beautiful but i know you do you. many 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 other things as you mentioned you're very involved in the community and you work on different projects, what other things are you working on that we can keep an eye out for?
5: Well, I'm also an interpreter and translator. Part of my work as a cultural worker in social justice is to create, you know, language access spaces, multilingual spaces for all communities and to serve as a bridge. And I feel that language and music and art is just interconnected and incredibly vital for our thriving community. That being said, along with that and this new very exciting project that I'm very proud to be working on, I'm currently in rehearsals right now with El Teatro Campesino. We are about to start our production of Popol Vuh Art of Heaven, beautiful, beautiful production, which is, by the way, free to the public and going to be performed in the beautiful park in San Juan Bautista, which is only 90 miles away from the Bay Area, really. So, you know, an hour and a half drive out to the country for a day for a beautiful, free picnic style, family friendly performance with beautiful paper mache puppets and wonderful dancing and just the aesthetics of it all is, is incredible. And it tells the story of creation through the Mayan perspective, and it's really, really beautiful, beautiful music, and it's trilingual in Spanish, English, and Mayan Quiche. And I am yours truly, you're one of the narrators and singer of the show.
0: And how can our listeners get more information if they want to go check it out? Well,
5: you know, you can hit the website, elteatrocampesino.com. And it will give you a listing of the current plays of Heart of Heaven, which opens this Sunday, August 17th. and runs through every weekend thereafter until Labor Day weekend, September 7th.
0: Well, thank you so much, Liliana Herrera, for joining us this evening. You can check out her Kickstarter campaign and hopefully support it. You can also check her out on Facebook to get more information. That's the Late Night Taco Stand Music Kickstarter campaign. And, of course, you can check her out through Teatro Campesino with their production of El Popolvo. Thank you so much and let's go out with one of your songs c- so our listeners can get a little taste of your music.
5: Oh, well, I hope they get a big taste of it too. <laughs>
2: Thank you.
3: You're listening to Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles, and we are lucky to have on the line with us Deuce Eclipse of Bang Data, one of our favorite groups that we play all the time. So we know our listeners love Bang Data, we love Bang Data, and we're very lucky to have more Bang Data music coming our way. So thank you so much, Deuce, for joining us. I know that Bang Data is releasing a new album and that there's going to be a big party this Friday. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, going to be the first performance in the Bay for our new album, Mucho Poco. If you, actually, if you buy a ticket to go see the show, you get a free album that night as well. But uh, I think it's pressed to release uh, early September. And uh, I don't know, we got a lot of good music. You know, we got uh, Hector Guerra performing One Shot. We got uh, DJ Cool Kyle and DJ Juan Daza playing music all night for everybody. And uh, we're just looking forward to it. We got Fredo who plays with Oto Motley, and uh, the Beastie Boys is going to sit in with us as well. Just excited, man. We're, we're ready to play the new music. We've been itching to get out there and just start showing it to people. So
3: so tell us about the show. It's this Friday. It's going to be at the Independent. I know that's probably going to sell out, so people have to move fast. So, yeah, so what can I they mean, do?
6: That's what we're hoping. <laughs> Basically, what, uh, you can go to Ticketfly. If you go to our event page on Facebook um, that we did with the Independent, that's where a lot of people are going to buy tickets online, and uh I tell people you know if, if you want to walk up, it's cool, but it it's probably better to get yourself a ticket before you show up, just in case you know uh you're left outside the building without being able to get in and uh that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, the Independent has been a place where we've we've enjoyed playing over the past, so it was like the perfect place for us to to do this show there. And uh, you know you can go to our Facebook Bang Data to find all the information as well. It's this Friday um, on Divisadero in San Francisco.
3: Played out la sopa, we play all the time the last Bang data CD. So mucho poco, what's it all about? What can people look forward to hearing on this new CD?:
6: I think you could look forward to hearing a lot of I don't want to even say growth. I feel like more of us, us coming into a vibration with the Bang data sound, you know it's, it's more solidified. The more we play together, the more we stay in the studio, the more we're able to pump out what we feel faster and and express ourselves more. And the name "Mucho Poco" is it's one of the songs on the album called "Mucho Poco," but it kind of means you know a lot of a little thing, you know, like the little things in life are what matter the most. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but this is basically what the album is. It's picking pieces of what we've done in the past. Trying to find something new, adding it with the sounds of today and uh, trying to actually make an album to me it's like a movement you know bang data sound is it's our own thing. I love being from the Bay Area because so many groups have so much diversity and and there's not a lot of copycats out there in the bay area and and in the in, in California in general, but you know we have our own thing going on, a lot of other people have their thing going on, so you're able to go out and see a night of music that I feel is truly diverse. You know, we got a one shot from Venezuela who has a distinct hip-hop dancehall kind of style, you know, pretty conscious, and Hector Guerra has that universal sound as well. And we all we all kind of bring something different to the table, so I really look forward to that. That's what Mucho Poco is, you know, just a lot of things put together to make something something beautiful, you know, for the people. And that's what the album is. And I know you're going to hear a lot of dance music. You're going to hear a lot of, uh, you know, Spanish, English, bilingual, like we always do. But like I said, you know, more of a solidified sound for, for Data. You know, uh, so it's a really good, mature album.
3: So, do so we're going to actually give our listeners a taste of it. So what song should we leave our listeners with?
6: Uh, I think you should play the single, uh, Bailazo, for sure. We wrote this in the van pretty much on the way to San Diego, It went through a couple of stages, but it was actually the fastest song that we that we created for the album and the quickest one that that kind of morphed into the single, you know. So we're really proud of it to get everybody out there dancing, you know, and it's a bailazo. It's like, you know, giving an ode to all the people who were here before us and who helped us in our culture and, and to move on in the future. And this is like a, a song to dance in their honor, basically.
3: So people are going to hear Bailazo off of Mucho Poco, the Bang data's latest CD, and people can actually see Bang data play live and do their thing here in the Bay. It's going to be a great show, and people can see them at the Independent this Friday. So... Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of info about the show, and people can buy their tickets online, and they better do so fast. It's probably going to sell out soon.
6: Yes, yes, please do, please do. Um, Thank you for having me. We love being a part of what you guys do over there, and uh, it's an honor that you guys always support us so much, you know, so we want to give that support back to you all. So I hope I see you all Friday. Come through the independent one shot, heck together. Cool, DJ Juan Data in the house. It's gonna be a fun night.
0: La
7: <laughs> Bailazo, cada noche es un bailazo, yo lo siento y lo paso, este bailazo es un relajo, seis a es un bailazo, zapata vive, un bailazo, baile revolucionario, mano pa' arriba que es un asalto. Bailo pa' mi madre, me vuelto pa' mi padre, caliente está mi sangre,
8: y si te pido dame, no tengo dirección, pero tengo bendición, cada vez salgo de mi casa con mi cajón, nunca se sabe cuando la cosa puede salir mal. La vida es una lucha, ya no puedo respirar Voy a pisar mi problemas con mis pies, todos hagan muy así si me siente Mi sonido está aquí para que te despierte Hasta la muerte, siempre con amor y suerte Vamos a dar alabanzas A nuestros antepasados con ganas Y yo muevo mis brazos, son alas, mis palabras salen como balas Y te pegan en tu corazón, sube como un avión Este micrófono tiene tiro para
7: everyone
0: The following segment features Nina Serrano of La Raza Chronicles in conversation with Mexican poet Arturo Dávila discussing Formosus. I'm having
9: trouble saying it because it's a word in Latin and it means... Beautiful. So it's going to be a beautiful poetry reading on August 14th, that's a Thursday, at the Red Poppy Art House, 23rd and Folsom at 7 p.m. in San Francisco. It's going to consist of four Latin American poets, and we're very fortunate to have one of them with us today, Arturo Dávila. Bienvenidos, Arturo Dávila, to La Raza Chronicles.
10: Thank you. Gracias for inviting me.
9: Well, it's a pleasure to have you. We're looking forward to knowing something about this poetry reading, Can you tell us something about the participants?
10: Yeah, there's going to be four of us. Roger Santibañez, which is a Peruvian poet of the 80s, and he was uh, one of the founders of the avant-garde movement called Cloaca in Peru which means the sewer. So it's a, it was a very proletarian approach in the, in the hard years of warfare and guerrilla in, in Peru. He's also, nowadays, he belongs to the Latin American neo-baroque poetry movement. What does that mean? The neo-baroque is when we work with, with words in a, in a very baroque way, it's like creating images after images. It, it does have a, a social content, but it's working more with the language in a musical form.
9: And would you consider yourself part of that movement?
10: I do. I do. In certain of my poems, not not in all of them, because you have different voices. I do I do like neo-baroque as a, as a way of consciousness and a way to approach reality.
9: And some of the other poets?
10: Then we have José Antonio Galloso, who's a Peruvian writer, también photographer and a teacher. His works include several anthologies, and his photography has been the object of recognition. He works here in Emeryville, california the next participant that we have is adrian arias who's an american peruvian prize winning poet visual artist curator and performer his work with words and sounds and with his body so he's a very avant-garde poet and myself arturo davila i am from mexico and uh, I will be accompanying my Peruvian, Peruvian-American friends. And I work here at the Department of Modern Languages at Laney College in Oakland. And um, I've been the recipient of three three prizes. One is the Antonio Machado in Spain, the Juan Ramón Jiménez also in Spain, and the Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz in Mexico.
9: And how would you describe your poetry?
10: Uh, well, I have several voices, one of them which will be a satirical, critical of society – and the other one is on, 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 that, uh, on that venue, in that space of the New Rock working with the words, with the images, sensations, with the language in itself. So
9: the poem that you're going to read us today, would you call that Nuevo Baroque?
10: It could be called a New Baroque poem. Uh, because it works with the images, especially the one that, that, I, that I wrote about the, the lobster, which is uh, from the point of view of the lobster that is going to be eaten at a restaurant. So I think that poem is, could be called neo because also a lobster is, a, I, I consider the lobster here as a queen, the queen of the ocean. That would be, a, I think, a approach.
9: Well, let's hear that poem. Perhaps we can hear it both in English and in Spanish.
10: Okay. I will read it first in English. I'll try my best. The poem is called Lobster Daydream. Consider the Noble Lobster. Lobster Daydream. Consider the Noble Lobster. Soft ex-skeleton hardening, prickly antennae twitching, snoozing among the waves, mad pores, sea urchins, whelks, reefs, coral, fruit de mer, lowly midnight scavenger, A cold appraisal, snout to stomach, how could you ever fathom that you'd end up crowned queen of the menus, bejeweled in spot-lit aquariums, hothouse orchid of monstrous window displays and glass cases of expensive light? Your heightness, I think of you, bubbling underwater, gourmet fantasy of the Caribbean waterfront, shell-galaxied with blue stars, and of the secret recipe, the persistent hiss of that cunning liquid hell in which you'll boil scarlet phosphorescent and mouthing painfully shutting your scared dying eyes for good with no clue as to your last stop, a creamy Termidor with crackers in the haughty jaws of sun-tanned starlets delectable morsel for male models with no body or nothing that can toughen your suit of armor or save your sweet tail.
9: Gracias. You just heard Arturo Davila reading his original poem about the lobster. Can you read it in Spanish?
10: I'll try to read it in Spanish. I I think... uh, the, the idea is uh, in Spanish, it has a lot of Latin words, uh, which is interesting because I took out some of the definitions of a lobster in the, in the dictionary and how it was a scavenger. And, and that's also why the, the poem was translated as uh, uh, considered the noble lobster, because there's a famous article, essay wrote about it, that the lobster was given to slaves and to, to the servants during this 19th century. And then it became a fashion for the elites and the aristocracy in the 20th century. So it was... That's kind of the, the idea.
9: And I notice you also use some French in there.
10: I try to use fruit de mer. I, I, like, uh, I like that idea of fruits of the ocean, which uh, is what they use for seafood. So more than food, the fruits of the ocean. So I, I, I do like that word.
9: How is this poem an example of Nuevo Baroque?
10: I think the idea that you you take words as stones and then you put them together. If you notice, there's not a lot of linking Words or the the minimum possible. So you you're just like working with the word in itself and putting them together as uh, basically as if you were constructing a, a cathedral of words or a, or a building of words. You no, know? but the, the the Baroque cathedrals are famous for that. That that composition that was it would go in many different directions, but it still will would uh, conserve the form. So the, it's a little bit the, the same idea, you know, the, that you're going to take words and you're going to be building up meanings and, and constructing the, the discourse. That's how I would say that it could be a, a way of a neova rock of talking about the Neovaroc. And in Spanish, this poem says, "El sueño de la langosta." "Oh, Augusta, langosta, exoesqueleto, blando, luego, duro." de espinosas antenas palpitantes, soñando entre las aguas, madréporas, erizos, caracoles, arrecifes, corales, fruit de mer, nocturna carroñera, fría interrogación, abdomen, cola, cómo ibas a saber que acabarías, reina de los menúes, enjollada en acuarios luminosos, orquídea tropical de los escaparates gargantúas en vitrinas de lujo transparente, burbujeante majestad marina, ensueño de gourmet, frente a este mar caribe, piel constelada de estrellas azules, pienso en ti y en la ley inescrutable de líquido calor tenaz y artero en que hervirás boqueando fosforescente y roja, cerrando con dolor los ojos secos muertos para siempre, sin jamás comprender tu destino final de galletas con crema termidor en maxilares altivos de jóvenes bronceadas y estelares delicia de las modas masculinas, sin que nada ni nadie defienda tu armadura ni te pueda amparar.
9: You just heard Arturo Davila reading his original poem in Spanish. And you can hear more of his poetry this th- coming Thursday, August 14th, at the Red Poppy Art House at 23rd and Folsom in San Francisco at 7 p.m., when he'll be reading with three other Latin American poets in a presentation called Formosus. And Formosus or Formosos is the Latin for beautiful. So there he'll be at a beautiful poetry reading, August August 14th, Thursday, Red Poppy Art House, 23rd and Folsom in San Francisco at 7 p.m., reading with Adrián Arias, Roger Sante-Vañez, José Antonio Galloso, and, of course, Arturo Dávila. Y muchas gracias, Arturo Dávila.
10: Thank you. Muchas gracias a ustedes y los invitamos eh, a que nos acompañen este el jueves 14 de agosto a las 7 de la noche. Eh, thank you very much for the invitation and we hope to see many people there to help us make this event a Never Rock poetic event.
9: Un placer.
10: Thank you.
2: Gracias. <música>
0: You just heard a conversation about Formosus, a Latin American poetry event at the Red Poppy Art House on the corner of 23rd and Folsom Street in San Francisco on Thursday, August 14th. To win a pair of free tickets to this exciting poetry event, call us at 510-848-4425. We'll take the second and fifth callers. That's 510-848-4425. Buena suerte.
3: You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, and we're lucky to have in studio with us Camilo Lendau and a beautiful guest as well. We are talking about a really exciting time of the year. We're talking about the San Francisco Son Jarocho Festival, which kicks off this Thursday and goes through Sunday. So, Camilo, thank you so much for coming in studio. Thank
11: you. Thanks for letting me bring my boy here, too.
3: Yes, so he is really a huge lover of Son Jarocho because he came just in time for the festival last year. He did not want to miss it. And so we have a huge Son Karocha fan in the house. So Camilo, every year there's incredible acts that we really don't ever get to see all together for this festival. It's really something that people come from far and wide to check out because it really is the best of the best. So introduce us to what's happening this year. Walk us through yeah. some of the wonderful things that people can hear.
11: So this is the third annual Son Harocha Festival and we are bringing this year three incredible artists to do collaborations and also present their own new works with their groups and then also collaborate with each other. The artists are Joel Cruz Castellanos. He's the Leona player from Los Cojolites, but he's bringing his project Sones de Tuxla, which is the music of the Tuxla people of southern Mexico and new interpretations that he's been researching about that music. The next one is Andres Flores, and he's going to bring his group Los Hijos de José, which everybody in the group has their dad is named José, so that's the name of the group. And El Godo, Alfredo Herrera, who's a master hadana, requinto, and zapateo, and versada, guy from Veracruz, he's bringing his group, Pasumecha. So there's a series of concerts. The first one is on Thursday at Yerba Buena Gardens Festival from 1230 to 1:30 in the afternoon.
3: And Camilito seems especially excited about that one.
11: Mm-hmm. And then Saturday night is the big concert where everybody's going to present, be presenting their works as well as collaborating together with each other. And then Sunday will be workshops at the Brava in the morning and then a fandango and concert on Sunday afternoon at Union Square.
3: Great. So there's a lot that people can see starting this Thursday and people can really take advantage of some of the incredible workshops as well. So this is a radio show, so let's get cracking and stop talking about music and actually listen to something. So why don't you introduce one of the groups that will be playing this Saturday at the festival, even though the whole festival starts on Thursday. The big show at the Brava Theater is on Saturday. So introduce one of the bands they'll be playing and give our listeners a taste.
11: Okay, this is the group Pasumecha. They're going to be playing at the festival, and this song is called Cupido.
3: Cupido by Pasumecha. They will be playing this Saturday the Son Jarocho Festival. It's a third annual festival. It's a, probably one of the biggest ones in the Bay and reaches some of the luminaries from all over Mexico. People come through that you don't get to see otherwise. So, Camilo, we just got a taste of Pasumecha. What do they bring to the Son Jarocho world what? that maybe is unique?
11: Well, they have very interesting interpretations of traditional Son Jarocho songs. They write their own new verses to the songs that touch on contemporary issues. They talk a lot about migration, the border, the modern Mexican experience in a very artistic and poetic way in this music. What I really love about the group is that it's a trio And you can really hear each instrument, each player in the band is a master of their instrument, but yet there's the space so you can actually hear each (laughs) instrument and each part.
3: Great. That is a good taste of Fasumecha. We got to hear a little bit of their song. So um, who else is going to be playing that we want to kind of introduce or reintroduce our listeners to?
11: Yeah, Joel Cruz Castellanos, who was nominated last year for a Grammy with the group Los Cojolites. He's coming and he's bringing his new project, which is Sones de Tuxla. So he's researched what is the hidden music of the Tuxla people of southern Mexico, and he's bringing a project that shows what that music is, and he's interpreting some of those songs.
3: Great. So let's hear a little bit about that.
11: Okay. Well, here's a song from Los Cojolites that he wrote some of the verses to. And this one is called El Celoso.
3: just heard El Celoso by Los Cojolites. Cojolites aren't coming, but actually very exciting. Joel Cruz Castellanos is bringing his exciting project on Saturday, and people can check them out. And has this project ever come to the bay before?
11: No. No. I don't think it's come to the United States at all, so this will be a uh, countrywide premiere.
3: Exactly, so that's exciting. Is there anything else that you want to make sure our listeners know about the festival?
11: Well, you should get tickets now for Saturday night's concert because it does sell out. Mm-hmm. It does at, sell out. You t- have tickets to act are at, at brava.org. It's at the Brava Theater at 7.30 on Saturday night. and But there's also free concerts going on. There's one Thursday from 12.30 to 1.30 at Yerba Buena. And then another free concert at Union Square from 2 to 4 p.m. on Sunday. Okay, so that's and a then, lot of music. And there's also workshops. You actually get this great opportunity to study in a small class with these Son Jarocho masters. They're doing small workshops on Sunday morning. From ten to twelve at the Brava,
3: and those are actually t- tears of joy. You know, those are tears of joy. It's just we have an extreme lover of son jarocho here. It's just pretty dramatic. This little baby loves son jarocho. So, Camilo, for people who want to check everything out, where do they find out more about the shows happening at the Yerba Buena Garden on Thursday, as well as the workshops on Sunday? Where can they get more information about the festival?
11: SfSjf.org. So that's San Francisco Son Jarocho Festival.org. <laughs>
3: Okay, we're gonna go out with the song. What song should we go out with?
11: Here's another one from Pasumecha. This is La Bruja.
3: The Chronicles wants to alert you to a couple upcoming events on this Saturday, August 16th. Two nights of art, poetry, and music will be kicked off by the Urban Lactation Project. From 6 to 9 at the Quesada Center for Cultural and Politics at 518 Valencia in San Francisco, On this Saturday, people will be able to hear music by Rico Pavón and Lara Manzanares. And they'll also hear a panel of speakers around the importance of breastfeeding. The festival will be continued on August 23rd with music by Maria Loreto and poetry by our very own Nina Serrano. There'll also be another panel of speakers that will discuss other important issues around breastfeeding. On Saturday, August 23rd, El Tecolote newspaper will be having a 44th anniversary fundraiser. They will be having a big salsa event with Rico Ritmo All Stars at New Caesars Latin Palace, 826 26th Street and 3rd. So folks can go and dance and also purchase foods and be part of a raffle to support El Tecolote. Those are just a couple upcoming events that we want to alert you to. Muchas gracias por escucharnos y buenas noches.
0: You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza on KPFA. If you like tonight's program and would like to listen to it again or share it with friends, go to kpfa.org. Don't forget to also check us out on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles. Stay tuned next week for news, politics, culture, and arts in the Latino community. Hasta la próxima.